Welcome to the High Praises Church Podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's sermon. Now, here's Body Life Pastor Terrence Ford. We have it on screen if you don't have your Bibles with you, but if you want to turn Luke chapter 15, I'm just going to focus on verses 14 through 18. And y'all look good today. Amen. Luke 15. At verse 14, it says, but when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate. No one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare and I perish with hunger? I will arise, go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against you in heaven. You can be seated. I want to talk about the possibility of a great turnaround today. I want to chat with us all today as we dive into this sermonic stream about the possibility, the possibility, the possibility, the possibility. I say that intentionally, redundantly. I say it, the possibility of a great turnaround. There is this parable of this guy who Jesus uses to illustrate and to show us this matter. Matter of fact, two guys, but One guy, his story and testimony speaks very well to this subject and even to us today because I believe as we look at the text, I believe that we are somehow another threefold in this text where either we used to be this guy or you are currently this guy right now or you are the elder brother. Notice I said I want to talk about the possibility because everyone in life is presented with uh, the possibility to change. You're presented with it every day of your life, the possibility to make adjustments, to change, but not everyone takes advantage of those possibilities that God puts in front of us to change. And so what I believe happens is life goes in rut cycles. What you got to understand about rut cycles, which I've experienced, I believe we all have experienced it, You got one opportunity to jump out of that rut cycle in your life. And when that door of opportunity comes, if you don't jump out, that cycle is going to repeat itself all over again. And you got to wait until that opportunity presents itself again for you to jump out. I don't care how you get out. My suggestion is today, if you are in a rut cycle, you need to dive out, jump out, swim out, whatever you got to do. You got to get out of a rut cycle of life. This parable is a great depiction of a type and shadow of scriptures of what was shortly to come which I believe is God's redemptive power and God's redemptive plan for mankind. However, the parable of the prodigal son, the reckless and and, and wasteful son who got himself lost, is really not the true focus of the text. 
I know we think it is, at least in his parable, uh, but this story, but I, I know it stands out, the prodigal son, as we read through uh, this, this text of Scripture. But one thing we must know when reading the Scriptures, we must know the audience, the target audience. And the audience in this text was the Pharisees and the scribes. Honestly, theologically, the prodigal is one of the essential characters, but ultimately the parable is about the older brother. Because you got to remember, Jesus was speaking to the Pharisees and the scribes, going back to verses 1 through 3, which says, Then all the tax collectors and sinners drew near to him. Verse 2 says, And the Pharisees and scribes complained. Sometimes when you look around in church, that's all you see is a bunch of Christians complaining. Sometimes when you listen at your circle of friends, sometimes all you hear is a bunch of murmuring. Murmur, murmur, murmur. That has become one of my favorites. It's in a song that I listen to when I'm in the gym working out. Murmur, murmur, murmur. But God has called us to wage war against the tactics of the enemy. Amen, somebody. And this man, this man, they, they, they're complaining. Verse 3 says, so he spoke this parable to them. And Jesus was trying to get these self-righteous these religious leaders who had no compassion on the lost. You would think that they did, but Jesus was trying to get them to see that they had no compassion on the lost to see themselves in him, not the prodigal son, but the older brother. But I love the text. I love this chapter because we can learn a lot from Jesus' earthly ministry. He is he's the chief cornerstone. He's, he's the the, 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 the building that the, the, the builders rejected, amen, he's that. He's the church, he's the, the ecclesia, and it exists, and, and it, it revolves around Jesus Christ. And one of the things the Pharisees and scribes hated about Jesus was that he spent time and ate with those whom they despised. Yeah. He dealt with tax collectors and sinners, as, as far as the religious leaders were concerned, such people were to be avoided, not welcomed. Amen. They thought Jesus should be hanging out with religious people because we want religious people to produce religious people. Amen. But, but amen. Amen. I understand sheep beget sheep. We're going to talk about that here in a little bit. But amen. How many of you know our goal is to go out and reach the lost? Hallelujah. They thought Jesus should be hanging out with religious people who were serious about keeping the law. But Jesus came to upset the church world at this time and change it to the kingdom world and the kingdom perspective that he came to institute for us. Oh, let me preach to us for a second today because we, we come in here to equip the saints. We've gathered in this room for the equipping of the saints. But, but we can't become so high and lofty and sedity, so heavenly that you're no earthly good. We enter in here to get equipped so we can go out to the global harvest and win souls to Jesus Christ and his kingdom. And some of us are too holy to mingle with the dirty. Too holy to mingle with the lowly, the dirty, and, and the, the good Lord t told me to remind some of us of where we came from, that we not too long ago wasn't too dirty ourselves. Amen. We, we were dirty too. You need to look at your neighbor and tell him, yeah, you were dirty too. 
Don't you ever forget that. You were dirty too. I, I, was, I know I was dirty. Amen. Hallelujah. I know Jesus had to reach way down. That's an old song. If he had to reach way down, Jesus will pick you up. Amen. He reached way down and he picked me up, and I'm grateful for that today. We walk around sometimes talking about how filled we are with the Holy Ghost, and when was the last time you witnessed to somebody? You feel? You got the Holy Ghost? When the last time you led somebody to Christ? Amen. The Holy Spirit will guide you in all truth. John 16 and 13 says, you got power, Acts 1 and 8 says, to do what? To be witnesses. So it's not just about being filled. It's what you're doing with the feeling that you got. Amen. God wants to use you. Everybody touch yourself and say, God wants to use me. He wants to use you. Amen. I, I used to hear uh, when I was lead pastoring, I used to have these folks come in my church and they used to talk about, God is calling me to full-time ministry. I said, Amen. God is calling me to full. I say, amen, I believe that. I believe that. But how many of you know there's workforce full-time Christians? Sometimes while we want to be full-time here, God makes us full-time on our job. Amen. Where we labor and work on those jobs to lead folks to Christ and see folks saved. So, so this chapter in Luke's gospel, chapter 15, talks about three individuals who were lost. They lost something. They lost something. Number one, the shepherd, he lost his sheep. Number two, the woman, her lost coin. And number three, the father who lost his son. So let's turn to the prodigal son for a moment. So when I look at the prodigal, I don't know about you, but I am forever, I'm forever grateful. Amen. Because I was included and you should forever be grateful that you were included in God's redemptive plan for mankind. Truth of the matter is, the scripture says it's not the will of the Lord that anyone should perish, but that all should come to repentance. This this prodigal son, he's not a stranger. You've heard him preach before. We don't know his name. Doesn't have a he, he doesn't have a name, but but he sure does have a title. And most of us in here, if not all of us, know who he is by his title, the prodigal son. You know, you know, we still say blind Bartimaeus, even though Bartimaeus is no longer blind, right? Why? Because we know him by his title. People are good at titling us. Hallelujah. Now, let me speak to that for a moment because all of us in here can reason with this at least at one point or another in our lives because people may not know our names, but boy, they sure do know who we used to be and what we used to do. (laughs) They they, they know a little bit about us, and so they think they know us, but they really don't know the, the true story of our lives. Sometimes people in life can be so judgmental. Without even trying to understand how you got to where you are. And without even offering you a hand up in life. Amen. They talk about you, but they don't do nothing for you. I oftentimes say this when I'm talking to someone and someone comes up in our conversation. you, You can ask people. I often say, okay, let's not end this conversation without praying for that person first. We ain't going to just talk about them. We're going to pray for them. We ain't going to have a conversation on how bad they are. Let's pray for them. Come on, somebody. That's what the church is here for. We got to get productive at doing what Jesus' kingdom is supposed to do. Or maybe you don't believe in the power of prayer. 
You, you believe in the power of prayer, right? Amen. I know I was lost, and amen, as bad as I was, I know I had a praying mama that prayed for me, amen, when I was out in the world. And even though I didn't think it was working because I was still doing my dirty, amen, one day I fell on my knees and repented of my sins. I thank God that my mama was praying for me, amen. Some of you had grandmamas and daddies and, and uncles and aunties that were praying for you, and that's why you're here today. You better thank God that somebody took the time. Come on, somebody. They don't know the hurts. They don't know the pains, the scars, but yet they talk about you. Amen. They judge you. They don't know the scars that have led you to where you have been and where you are. And so many of us have been labeled entitled in life. We've been labeled entitled whoremongers, liars, and cheaters, and drug addicted, and low down, and dirty, and no good. Amen. But that's not what God does when God looks at us. Now, this man... In Scripture, the prodigal son, he seems to have had a great upbringing to me when I think about it. I mean, I know it's a parable, but I'm, 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 I'm come on, parenthetically trying to pull this from the text. He seems to have had a great upbringing. Uh, 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 what made him stray becomes my question. We can assume it is the same thing that makes us stray today, the lure and desires of our, of our flesh. <laughs> I want you to know today that, that God is calling you, but there is a devil. There's Satan, amen. And, and just as God is calling you, Satan is calling you through the lures and the desires of your flesh. Amen. And who you're going to listen to, it's up to you. The Bible says all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. And because of this, I have failed, you have failed, we all have failed. As a matter of fact, the Bible says this, all have sinned and fallen short of his glory. This young man in this parable known as the prodigal, which is defined as simply as a wasteful, reckless lifestyle. This boy, this boy one day has the audacity he has the gall, he has the guts, he has the nerve, come on somebody, the nerves of him to go to his daddy when his daddy thinks everything is going swell and he goes to his father and says, daddy. And his daddy thought we was just going to have a basic conversation. Daddy said, yes, son. He says, what's going on, son? I've been thinking about this thing. I want my inheritance. You got to think about this now. If you, you, you leaving your children an inheritance and your child shows up to you and says, give me what belongs to me, pretty much what they're saying is, daddy, go ahead and die. Yeah, give me, give me what's mine because normally you don't get the inheritance until the parent goes on, right? So he has this audacity to say, give me what belongs to me. And we didn't read it today, but let's go to the text. But it says in verse 13, and not, watch this, his daddy gave to him what belonged to him. But not only to him, I want you to read the text. The Bible says he gave to them, both brothers. The younger asked for it. The daddy said, oh, well. I'm insulted, okay, but I'm going to give it to both of you. He gave to them their portion of the inheritance. And then at verse 13, it says, watch this, don't miss this. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possession with prodigal living. 
Boy, he was having fun. He, he was having a blast. He, he was prodigal living. Come on, somebody. He was drinking. He was smoking. He, he was gambling. He was doing adult stuff. He had a Lamborghini. You know, like a Lamborghini, but it was a Lamborghini. Amen. <laughs> he, he had his mansion. Amen. He, he, he had all the delicacies of this world that this world has to offer us. But I love the text. Verse 14 says, but... When he had spent all, <laughs> there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. God told me to tell somebody in here today that's, 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 that's teeter-tottering in the world and, and church. God says, the devil's bread will always leave you wanting. It may be appealing, but it's temporary. It's not eternal. Amen. It may feel good, but it's temporary. It's not eternal. Come on. The devil's bread will always leave you wanting. Isn't it funny how riotous living may seem fun? But verse 14 says, a severe famine came. <laughs> it's funny to me how, amen, even in life, even though this is a parable we're talking about, I find it amazing how even in my own life, and I know that I'm not the only one that have experienced this, when I may try to stray or when I may have tried to do wrong, God will allow a famine to show up in my life. Amen. Why? Because God wants to align you. Better yet, God is trying to realign some of us, amen, to get back to where we're supposed to be at. Hallelujah. <laughs> so a severe famine rose, arose, and, and, and the money ran out. <laughs> I, I, me, Pastor Chris, we all agree the same thing. I, I, I don't believe in prosperity preaching, but I can tell you something else. Money sure do make you happy, amen. I got any witnesses in the house that they know what I'm talking about? It don't solve everything, but it sure can make you happy. But maybe y'all don't like having money. Amen. Y'all scared to witness with me today. Amen. <laughs> but the Bible says a famine arose and the money ran out. Yeah. Verse 15 says, then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. Yeah, he had to sell all he had, lost all that, and then he joined himself to the citizen of this country, and he, that citizen, sent him into the fields to feed the swine. Huh. I, I, I want to tell somebody in this room today, as we parenthetically pull from this text, be careful who you join yourself to. Yeah, some people, they're not helpful for you. Some people are not healthy for you. Amen. Some people are going to pull you down. Some people are not going to help you get to where God is trying to take you to. Be careful who you connect yourself to. Sad reality is some folks are married to somebody who can't help them. Amen. Y'all quiet on me this morning. Some of you are dating folks that ain't healthy for you. Be careful of who you connect yourself to. This citizen that he joined himself to in this country sent him out into the fields to feed the swine because he had nothing better for him to do. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not saying that if you are married and somebody is unhealthy, I'm not saying you can't make it through it. What I'm saying is you need to seek help to get better. Amen. Verse 16 says, and he would gladly 
have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate. Why? Because no one gave him anything. Hmm. I thought about this one time, and this is one of my side notes in my text. I wrote this down in bold letters because don't you ever be fooled. Your flesh is flesh. You 100, I said this last time, you're 100% saved, but you are 100% flesh. Yeah. Jesus was the God man, 100% God. Pastor Evan said it last week, I believe, 100% man. But don't you ever get fooled. Amen. Sometimes dirt looks good to the flesh. Yeah, we, we, we got to be careful uh, when dirt starts to look good, when sin starts to look good. Hallelujah. Remember I said all that is in this world, lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, pride of life. Be careful when dirt, sin starts to look good to you. He was sitting there at this, this hog pen feeding the swine, and, and he was so hungry that the pods that the, that the swine ate started to seem appealing to him. At least they eating something. Maybe I can get a little bit of that, but I don't know about you. I'm so grateful and glad that he may have been the prodigal son and I may have been prodigal in my living, which is the reckless lifestyle and, and the reckless living that, that we can get involved in sometimes. But I'm so glad, amen, Jesus has instituted a reckless love for you and I. Hallelujah, somebody. Yeah, he has a reckless love for us, amen, that, that while we were yet sinning, the Bible says Christ died for us. Hallelujah. He suffered, bled, died, rose from the grave with all power, amen, to save us, to, to make us the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah, somebody. You need to start looking at yourself the way God sees you. Hallelujah. But verse 17 but verse 17, I love it. I love it when I see a butt in the text. Amen. Don't get that twisted. I love it when I see a butt in the text. But when he came to himself, <laughs> he said, how many of my father's hired servants, people who don't even have a connection to my daddy, <laughs> have enough bread and to spare, and I perish with hunger. And he says, verse 18, I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, verse 19, and I am no longer to be worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Verse 20 says, and he arose and came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father came, saw him, and had compassion on him, ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said, Father, I have sinned in, in your sight, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Listen, I, wanna, I want someone in this place today to know this. Praise God. Thank God that God does not look at us the way man does. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God that he doesn't title us the way man does. Thank God that he doesn't.
doesn't talk about us the way man does. Thank God that he doesn't ostracize us the way man does sometimes. But all God does for you and I is he loves on us. And he loves on us. He may not like the sins we do in life. I know he doesn't. Amen. God can't stand sin. But he will love on you and give you opportunity and chance after chance after chance after chance to change your life, to repent of your sins, and to turn to him and say, Daddy, here I am. Please help me. And when you do, don't you know God will reach down and touch you right where you are? Hallelujah. God loves on us. He loves on us. And the scripture says, for God so loved the world that he gave his son. He gave his son. It doesn't matter where you are right now. What matters is what you're going to do from right now. Hallelujah. There's wisdom in this text. The more I looked at this text, there's wisdom in the text. I see the flaws of both brothers. I see the flaws of both brothers. I see the flaws of the Pharisees and the scribes. They thought Jesus shouldn't, shouldn't have been fellowshipping with, uh, with, with tax collectors and sinners. But, but there, there's lessons from both brothers. The difference between the prodigal son and the elder brother is this. The prodigal son understood what was his, but he was too worldly. And he was too immature and couldn't handle it. The problem with the elder brother was he was mature enough to handle it, but didn't understand what was his. Did you hear what I just said? Yeah, yeah. The prodigal son, amen, he was, he was, he was mature enough. I mean, he was, he was immature. He wasn't mature enough to handle what was his, but he understood he had access to it. But the elder brother didn't understand what was his. And amen, he was mature enough to handle it. That's the difference between both brothers. But I found the scripture in Galatians 4 and 1, and it says this. Now I say that an heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ from a slave, though he is master of all. Verse 2 says, but... His inheritance is under guardians and stewards until the appointed time of the father. Watch this. Until you mature, you will not inherit when it comes to God. Amen, somebody. God is waiting on you to mature and to matriculate past the immaturities of your life and get to a place where you can handle what he wants to bless you with in your life. See, again, the Bible says, in Luke chapter 15, verse 17 and 18, this is 17a and 18a. When he came to his senses, 17a, 18a says, I will set out and go back to my father. And too many times, church, we're settling for the devil's bread. We're settling for the devil's crumbs when God has way more for us. Yeah. This world stuff may seem appealing, amen, but you need to understand Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy in your life. Come on, somebody. But what God has for you is greater. In other words, this prodigal son, he got up and he turned around. Hallelujah, somebody. He got up and he turned and he went back to a better place. Because that's what this whole text is about. Now, as we turn our attention back to the target audience at hand for a moment, Jesus, as we get ready to close, Jesus is saying, get your focus right, Pharisees and scribes. Get your focus right. <laughs> 
The, the, watch this. Jesus says this. He says it in Luke chapter 5, verses 31 and 32. Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. Yeah, that's why I've come. Don't miss this. The reason I came was to help mankind on earth as a byproduct of, of the kingdom of God and kingdom expansion. But, by, but, but, but my main reason is to make heaven very happy. Yeah, it, it's right here in this, in this chapter, in this text. It's right here. Because listen at this. Watch this. If you read verse 7. If you read verse 10, Luke chapter 15, if you read verse 24 and verse 32, it's right there in the text. Verse 7 says, I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. Verse 10 says, likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Verse 24, watch this, don't miss it, the prodigal son. For this son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Verse 32, it was right that we should make merry and be glad for your brother was dead and is alive again. He was lost, but now he's found. Hallelujah, somebody. Jesus is saying, get your focus right. How praises, it is all about souls. Come on, preach with me today. Somebody say it. Say it's all about souls. That's what it's all about, God and his kingdom. God and his kingdom. And this is the great turnaround that we can begin to experience in our lives where we may stray, we may do wrong, but God is calling us. He has a purpose. He has a plan on your life. He's calling you. He loves you so much. He wants to use you. And I say this in growth track, those who've gone through it, nobody can do what you do like you do it. Hallelujah. But are you going to turn to God and say, God, forgive me and repent of your sins and, and let God fill you with his precious Holy Spirit so that you can be that witness? Amen. Pastor say this all the time in Growth Track. If you call me and say, Pastor, I got this person that need to get saved, I'm going to say you lead them to Christ. Why? Because we got to get empowered. We got to understand why we got the Holy Ghost, why we got this power. And this elder son, the Bible says he was in the field. <laughs> And, and, and when he finished doing what he was doing in the field, the Bible says he, he, he started drawing near to his home. He came home, and, and while he was on his way home, he heard something. <laughs> he heard music and dancing. Verse 28, I love the text. He says, and he became angry and would not go in. Sometimes I think that is a depiction of what we see in church today when God is moving in people's lives and doing things in people's lives instead of celebrating. We're hating. We, we can't stand to see success on people's lives. But we need to get to the mindset where if God is doing it for my brother, praise your name, Jesus. What you want to do in my life. I'm open, God, to whatever you want to do in my life. He was, he was angry, wouldn't go in. <laughs> Verse 29 says, so he answered and said to his father, Lo, all these years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandments at any time, and, and yet you never gave me a young goat <laughs> that I may make merry and be happy with my friends. 
I want to tell somebody in this place today, if you're living right, don't be weary in doing good. For in due season, you're going to reap if you faint not. But what I've learned to do in my own life is I'm going to have my own party. Amen. I don't have to wait on somebody to have a party with me or for me. Amen, somebody. I'm going to celebrate life, and I'm going to celebrate Jesus, and I'm going to bless his name. Amen. Whether you jump on board or not. And if God is doing something amazing in your life, I'm going to jump in your party and celebrate with you a little bit. Amen. We can do the two-step, whatever you want to do. We're going to celebrate Jesus with you and say, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Because we got to learn to celebrate life, celebrate Jesus that is in this life that we're living in. Stand on your feet with me today. Amen. The, The son of mine that was lost is now found. We're talking about forgiveness and and redemption. We're talking about the fall, the straying. And I, I don't know who this is for in this room. Because like I said at the very beginning, we're either threefold in the text. You are this prodigal son. You have been this prodigal son. Or you're that brother that's jealous of what God is doing. But no matter where you're at, we serve a God that loves us unconditionally. And he wants to do some amazing things in your life. Thanks for listening. Be sure to join us Sunday mornings in person or online at 10 a.m. For more information or to watch our services online, please visit us at www.highpraises.org or check us out on social media.